Hello, I'm Carrie Ann Nadeau, founder of ODN, and we're back with Profiles in Risk. A podcast that enlightens the world of risk around you. Each episode, we explore insurance through the stories and experiences of the most influential thought leaders, product developers, and entrepreneurs modernizing the insurance industry. You can find more content at odnsure.com slash thegolfcourse or show notes on insnerds.com. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back. This is Profiles in Risk with your host, Carrie Ann Nadeau uh, from ODN. I'm joined today by a spectacular guest, a a fellow founder, uh, also president and CEO of One Inc. Welcome to the show, Chris Ewing. Hi, Carrie. Nice to see you. It's a pleasure. I'm always uh, feel privileged to get some founders time because I know running an insurance technology company, uh, it has has many ups, downs, crazy things that happen on Friday afternoon that I'm sure you have to get to. But I'm really grateful. Take some time today and better understand One Inc. and some of the innovations that you're introducing into the market, uh, in particular around payment processing. So maybe as background for our audience, you could introduce why did you found One Inc? Where, where was One Inc born and what do you do today? Sure, so I started out in the insurance industry as an operator. I was the G, uh, CIO and general counsel of a large uh, auto insurance retailer uh, brokerage firm. And then we found, I was co-founder of a managing general agency and uh, an insurance carrier. And so as part of our journey in terms of building those companies, we ran into some very specific operational problems around payments. And so we had solved it in our business. And then when we sold those assets in 2010, 11, and 12, we realized that there was, you know, there's there's some pretty fundamental problems in payments that other vendors traditionally, you know, the traditional banks and um, incumbents that are there today haven't solved. Things like um, the cost of payments is very expensive for insurance carriers today how to reconcile and route payments to a policy management and billing system, which is a very specific problem that insurance carriers have. PCI compliance is very troubling because there's so many different ways that insureds make payments. Of course, just security and helping with that. And then we also added a whole engagement layer because uh, typically insurance companies are very reactive, meaning that they wait for an insured to contact them and do something but there's a lot of opportunity for a carrier to reach out to an insured when a certain event happens, such as a bounced payment or policy is going to be canceled. And so we created a, um, a digital engagement platform to go along with our payments platform. And it, uh, it, it has been a pretty incredible ride for the last four years. And we're now, you know, I, I would say the leading provider of payments, uh, vertically, vertical payments for the insurance industry. Now, you're talking about payments broadly. You actually handle both inbound and outbound payments. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So uh, inbound payments are just insurance payments from an you know, insured goes on the website, makes a payment. But what's interesting is insurance is typically slow to adopt, but it's pretty amazing today that 95% of all insurance companies still use a claim check. They issue a check and mail it to somebody to make a payment. And the problem with that is, is that it, it costs a lot of money to manage all those checks. It takes a lot of time. It increases severity, meaning the size of the payment um, will increase if I send it to an insured and they talk to a lawyer, don't cash that check, uh, hire me and things like that. And so mm-hmm. 
the obvious answer is, is to make digital payments. So send out payments to insured either directly to their bank account or on a digital card or on a mobile app on a phone that they can start using right away. So we're, we're we really bullish on the, um, what we call claims pay product in the, in the insurance space. Yeah, it seems like the claims space, there's a lot more maybe opportunity for improvement for customer engagement. That, that, that in particular, that portion of I'm in crisis, I just got in a car accident or I just got hurt on the job or uh, I just got a piece of property stolen from me. Um, it's a crisis moment and it would be nice to have a friend or a comrade, let's say, in our insurance care to be working with us. Do you find that, so that I want to talk about, but do you also find those same sort of issues at the front end on collecting payments or should we maybe focus more on payment processing? You know, it's really insightful that you bring that up because most carriers realize that a very important touch point of an insured and to get, you know, um, very good customer service scores is on a claim. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that the most frequent touch point and most insureds never have a claim. So I've never had a claim in my life, and I use a very large insurance company. Wow, well, not on wood, man. I've had a ton of claims. I may be average, and I must be clumsy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good insured. But what happened was, this is a great example of why payments are so important. So I have um, several uh, house policies. I have several car policies. I have an umbrella policy. We have a business policy. Um, a bunch of policies and my um, something went wrong on the insurance company side and my payment didn't go through. So I called in to make an endorsement to add my son to a vehicle and they said, well, your policy has been canceled. And I'm like, well, how long has it been canceled? It was canceled for seven months. Now Whoa. they sent me a notice that they send me a notice about every day, right? I get tons of paper. Right. One of those notices said it, my policy was canceled. And the only way I found out was me calling them. And so I've been an, uh, an insured with that company for over 20 years, and now I'm really upset at them. So they, um, they had an opportunity to tell me, hey, you know, either through a text or an email or an outbound call, hey, there was a problem with your payment. And so they left me exposed for a very long time. Now, interestingly enough, I did have a claim with this company, but it was a, a service claim on a, I locked my keys in the car. So same company, I downloaded, I, I, I went online, downloaded uh, an app that they had online and it was the greatest experience of all time. So a lot of carriers really get the claim side handled and they focus on that, but they fail to realize that the, a customer satisfaction and happiness is being able to interact with an insurance company in a way that doesn't require me to call. And when those certain events occur, I get notified and have an interaction without a human calling me or me having to call in. And really that's what we call it frictionless payments is all about. When things go well, great. When things don't go well, we hear about it from the insurance company and can take action to make sure our policy doesn't cancel. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's what, what the insureds want and that's what the carrier wants. And so it's actually a really important point that people haven't focused on. Most carriers think of payments as something they kind of have to do rather than looking at it as a um, center of excellence to make it really a step better than everybody else. So it's a, it's a, it's a really important area. And what I forgot in your story is that they didn't get paid for seven months either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I want revenue from that. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a really bad experience all the way around. They didn't get the revenue. I didn't get to pay them. Well, I guess I saved money for seven months. That I guess, but terrifyingly, money. that's not how one would want to save money, yeah. being an uninsured driver on the road. Thank God you didn't get pulled, or your son didn't get pulled over either. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been for some trouble. Um, no, that's really quite interesting that sort of the engagement begins at the point of contact, maybe even before the point of contact, sort of a reputation of being a really 
you know, awesome payments company could precede someone coming to you to get insurance to begin with. It's a good reputation to put out into the market. Yeah, and if you think about it, what's interesting is insurance is a promise. So mm -hmm. I make a payment and you give me a promise to pay if I have a claim. Mm -hmm. And then I make a bunch of payments and then occasionally I, I put in a thing of claim. So payments is one half of the, obviously, the whole insurance and, um, uh, equation. And carriers need to, need to look at that as what is the easiest, best way to allow care, uh, customers to make payments and then get information about when payments are due or why they have changed so that I don't have to call. You know, we're, we're really, we look at our job, ultimately, if, we are, if we're really successful, that a person could be with an insurance company and never have to call customer service for any ways. Now, that's a little bit broader than just payments, but we also, in order to get payments, we provide mobile apps and a mobile uh, websites so uh, or websites so that somebody can download insurance information, find mm -hmm. out what's due, why it's due, and then make a payment. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of look at our job as making it so that carriers can take payments really easily and give out all the information necessary for an insured to make a payment and not have to call. Mm -hmm. And so the pain point you're solving is sort of a, well, maybe you could explain in your own words, the pain point for the insurance carriers that one Inc. solves is? There's, there's really about seven big things that we solve. So <laughs> it's, it's quite a bit, but it's important to know that it's out there. So the first is cost. So the cost to take credit cards is getting exorbitant for insurance carriers, so we can help in that area. Mm -hmm. The second is, is in PCI compliance. So it's very hard for an insurance company to be fully PCI compliant and get rid of what's called PAN data um, and get that off of their network. So when Target, when people broke in and got all the credit cards from Target, if somebody breaks into your network and your insurance company and you don't have credit cards, they can't steal them, right? So architecturally signing that up that way, so we help remove PAN data from credit card, uh, from insurance companies' network. And then we tokenize, so we get rid of the data completely so that people can't steal it. Mm -hmm. And then we also help them with PCI compliance by a lot of different uh, use cases that our application or um, different pieces of our app um, solve. And then finally, we also, well, we also help with engagement too, which is the right. stuff we were talking about before. Yeah, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper on that engagement because I think you talked a little bit about design of platforms and sort of meeting people where they're at, but being intentional and thoughtful about how they use your service. So can you talk about the journey of building the design of your product? Sure. Obviously your experience goes into that, but what made you build it the way that you built it? Well, one of the things that we realized as an operator of an insurance carrier, um, it's really hard to use people's products. Um, and so when you make a decision to integrate with somebody, um, you want to integrate with as few people as you possibly can. So the, we, the reason why we called ourselves One Inc. is we tend to look at these problems in a holistic way and try and solve as much pieces of the puzzle that we can. So one of the big problems that insurtechs um, miss or they make is that they come up with a great idea and then they say, I'm just going to open up an API and then have people connect to us. Well, the problem with that is that, that assumes that carriers' legacy systems, they may have a brand new system, but their legacy systems have the ability to connect via API. And if they don't, putting the burden on the carrier to build that middleware and mm -hmm. they then be able to turn it into an API and all that plumbing, mm -hmm. they do that in a year or two. So what we did was we architected our platform differently. We, um, we built it so that we can basically use whatever rails they currently use. So let's say that somebody just buys a, a, new, a brand new modern policy and billing system, and then they have an AS400 old system. 
that AS400 old system, let's say that they produce a file that once a day is used by their web app so they can show all the policy data and things like that. We can actually just take that file that they're already producing, consume it, and then use it as part of our platform as part of the, as part of the integration layer. Uh-huh. And that integration layer, our integration layer is extremely flexible. So that means it's, they don't have to do any work for us to be, for them to be able to use our system. Uh-huh. Whereas if you compare that to somebody like, let's say Stripe, they have great APIs. We have great APIs as well. But how do they get that flat file to an API? And so we make it very, very easy to integrate with our platform from an architectural standpoint. So we believe the integration layer is really what we're good at. And so we can make um, our implementations go a lot quicker. And then on top of it, we are insurance people. So we don't have to, you know, talk, you don't have to teach our whole company what a uh, written premium is or earned premium or pending cancellation or expired policy or non-renewed policy that we all know that language and we're used to dealing with all of that data. And so because we're just only make, we only do payments for the insurance space, it makes it much easier and quicker and better and, and um, to work with us than somebody who doesn't understand that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so the system, the, the architecture, the system makes it easy and flexible. And then our people, because we're from insurance, um, also make it easier. Yeah. Now I know from working with insurance carriers myself, they all have their own legacy systems that tend to be, you know, in-house developed in many cases. And I'm curious to know, to what level do you find a diversity when you walk in the door at one of these carriers? Or are many of the problems that they're addressing in their own silos actually commonly shared? Yeah, so the, so, so the reason why people typically will look for a product like ours is because they may be in the process of upgrading to a new modern system. Mm-hmm. But like we just talked about, they may have two or three or four legacy platforms that aren't going to be put on the new system ever. The, the, the new system is for a new product or a, a new thing, right? So what you have to do is your, the, the, your platform has to be able to take both of those systems and have them act in a digitally equal way to, and expose to the customer. And that's what our platform is particularly good at. So they can have a brand new, leg, uh, a brand new system and it will present itself in a modern digital experience. And they can have a legacy AS400 system and it'd be expressed in the exact same way. And architecturally, that's what our system will allow them to do it. So if you think about it, one of the reasons to upgrade an older system is so that it can act in a digital way. Well, we, we oftentimes think that we're actually helping the life, um, you know, the life cycle of these legacy platforms to extend further because rather than replacing the whole thing to get a digital experience, they can just add our digital platform on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of insurance technology companies talk about the like pitfalls, pros and cons of building the business of an insurance company, like, like your actual business model. It sounds like a lot of integrations forward first, rather than saying we have the new the new legacy system, legacy system 2.0 that's going to replace legacy system 1.0, and by the time it's implemented, be totally outdated. We're on legacy system 7.0, right? The key is is that when you do an implementation or an integration, that you can use that as long as possible, so you get the most value for the money. So this is the challenge that insure techs have, or or people that come up with like a, a small product that has a lot of value, is you get them to get somebody to integrate a small product is really hard. What, what CIOs want to make decisions on is I'm going to integrate with one company and I'm going to get eight things rather than integrate with one company and get one thing. And so that's kind of the challenge is having your, your product be broad enough and, um, and have enough value that it makes it worth a carrier CIOs time to integrate with their systems. And then also, um, 
you know, give them confidence that because you only focus in one vertical or because you're so good at what you do, when you add new features and functions, the upgrade path is automatic. And of course, we're a SaaS platform and that's what they get. So as we start adding new features and functions into our platform, they just automatically get those features and functions, which means that the, the long-term life, uh, the, long, the, the lifetime value of our integration is much greater than if we were like a one-trick pony and then all of a sudden, um, they're no longer, people are no longer sending text. They're only sending something through Instagram, as an example. We could right. then just simply integrate with them. Right, right. And I think you're totally right. I mean, the integrations that we see coming into the market are adaptable. They're scalable because no one can anticipate Instagram being the next medium through which millennials purchase insurance. Can you talk about what is, I mean, for the technical folks on the call maybe, or on the podcast, maybe we'll lose some folks, but... What does that technically entail? What sort of technical expertise does one Inc. bring to insurance carers that maybe they don't have in their current existing softwares or you think they need to, to do? Yeah, so you know, we really compete with banks. And so if you banks. think of, yeah, because if you think of a payment, right, you, you buy a policy system, you then contact your bank and you say, hey, I need to take credit cards, I need to take ACH. So what banks provide is a way to take payments but they don't have anything else other than that. And so what we realized early on is, is that taking payments is a very small piece of digitally engaging and taking payments from your customers. And so what we did, um, so from an architectural layer, we realized that a lot of carriers um, have multiple different systems on the back end, mm -hmm. And so we have a bunch of ways that we can integrate with those systems um, as part of our platform, right? Mm -hmm. So we can take a file, we can do a, um, SOAP uh, API, we can do a REST API, um, we can send files, um, you know, every 10 minutes. I mean, it just depends on what their platform requires. And then we can handle that sort of integration. So once the integration is done, then the question is, what do we do with that data? And so the big transition that carriers are doing today for PCI compliance, because it's another big driver, is in order to qualify for um, a thing called SAQA, which is a self self assessment questionnaire. Versus I did SAQ. ask you to get technical, so I'll let it go, <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can well um, versus an SAQD or E, which is basically if you're a CIO of an insurance company, your network is fully in scope for PCI compliance. It can cost millions of dollars a year. You have this huge headache. So mm -hmm. the modern trend is um, for all carriers to try and fully outsource source card functions to a third party that is PCI compliant one. So that's the problem, right? So banks, well, they don't have the assets to pull that off. What they do is they say, well, PCI compliance is your problem. If you go to a um, PCI vendor, they may have certain pieces of it. They may create tokens and remove the PAN data, but they don't have the website or the mobile application or an integration with their phone system or an IVR system or a text system. They don't have all of those pieces. So to get one vendor that does all of that is a pretty complicated thing. And so what we do is we um, allow a carrier to export, um, to export the data to us and take all of their legacy credit cards and give those to us. And then we tokenize them and give them back. Mm -hmm. And every use case in which a, um, a person wants to make a payment, we are the people that would take the credit card data rather than the carrier. And then we go to Visa MasterCard, send it back. So it is a, um, it's, it's a way for the carrier to get out of the credit card transportation business, which greatly reduces their risk and then greatly increases security, right? To sure. do that, 
pull that off, um, a bank can't do it, an IVR vendor can't do it, an SMS vendor can't do it. You kind of need somebody who does the whole gamut and then also financially from the treasury functions can also do reconciliation and routing and do it all better than the, the, all those other vendors put together. And that's really what we, what our platform does is it puts all of that together in one platform and allows a modern system or a, a legacy system to do all of that in a new modern way. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a great value proposition to be entirely consolidated. Am I capturing your sentiment there? It's like not a lot of competitors that you would put yourself on an equal playing field have been able to sort of horizontally integrate their um, application to sort of do all of the necessary components. Are, are you saying though that there's, uh, there are not, like can you not do some of what you do in isolation, like it needs to be linked in order to be compliant? Or do you think that like you will see innovation in certain components of what you do that might drive you to even improve the product that you offer? It's a really good question. So there, there in everything that I just said, there are people that do just that. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that I just mentioned about seven different integration points. For mm -hmm. a carrier, right. seven different vendors over the course of the next X years, I mean, it will literally take years for all that to happen. Sounds nightmare. Or, yeah, or they can integrate once with us by using right. their rails and then get all of that value. And our goal is to build more and more and more features and functions as part of that integration. So let's say the next new thing is um, Z texting, whatever that is, it doesn't exist today, right? right. So what we can do, because we do already have the integration, we all have SMS, IVR, well, Z texting, now we can make Z texting work automatically without an integration. And so carriers can have confidence that we are gonna add our leading edge technologies to our platform rather than them having to go and get another vendor, do another integration, and then also do it in a very secure and scalable way. And that's, that's the other problem that InsureTechs have is most of them haven't scaled yet. So mm -hmm. if you are not processing billions of something, then you know, it's very difficult for a large carrier to, to trust that your system would be able to do it. So you really have to kind of have both. You gotta have a great platform, it's mm -hmm. easy to integrate and can scale. Yeah, it, uh, as an InsureTech founder myself, and we share that legacy, I'm sure you've been sort of on the other flip side of the table too. As the new insurance technology player that doesn't process, process billions of data and goes up against a behemoth or a behemoth that's sort of looking to become a behemoth, right? So sort of growing into that next generation of Verisks and of LexisNexis and what that will be. Um, yeah, I'm curious to know, do you look to the startup community for good ideas? We absolutely do. So we um, go to a lot of the InsureTech events and we pay a lot of attention to what some of our competitors are doing. And and a lot of times we get motivated to, to, to do something different because of them. And so, um, you know, innovation, innovation occurs all over the place and it's our job to not always be the creator of it, but to see, you know, opportunities in the market and take advantage of it. And claims pay is certainly one of those. We were not the first, we're not the first claims pay company, um, but we are one of the few companies that do both inbound payments at scale and outbound payments at scale. And so again, going back to this value of integration, if you have one ink, you can do both inbound and outbound versus uh, getting a bank and then a text provider and then a claims pay provider and then on and on and on. So that's, yeah. that's and if your core value proposition is inefficiency, this is an inefficient market, sort of consolidation makes a lot of sense, right? 
that resonates with me. I'm curious to know as uh, our time, I think, is nearing nearing its end. I would love to talk and transition the conversation to uh, discuss what the future of payments look like, right? And so my question about like, do you look for startups for the next best thing is, I want to know what's the vision. What's yeah. what does this look like? It may look totally different than it does now. Um, for reasons like Z texting, which we're totally making up, but um, whatever the new trend, new fad, new transformational social networking tool or payment system is. But it could also just be the interaction with the customer looks very different. So if you're wildly successful at one, what's the vision for you as a founder of your own success? Sure. So if we're, if we're wildly successful, I think one of the big things that has to occur is that what is a real, what is wildly successful for a customer mean? That means that um, because team payments are such a frequent touch point, it is the main cause of customer shortage with us. So if we're wildly successful, we will be able to allow carriers to take payments in any digital way that their customer wants to make those payments. So if a customer wants to make a payment on text, they can do that. If they want to do it on Z-Text, they can do that. Um, and that the platform will expand with whatever those modern um, things that people want to do, and the carrier doesn't have to add anything to that. The other thing that it will do is it will provide enough information in, in a way that insureds expect to get that information so that they never have to call customer service. So I, I would see us in, you know, if we're wildly successful in a couple of years, we could reduce customer service calls down to almost zero. So if you think about why is Amazon so great? Amazon's so great because you order your stuff, it shows up, and when it doesn't show up, you can figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really simple, but the execution is very hard. With insurance companies, a lot of the information that we get as insured, we just don't understand it, so we have to call and talk to a human. That's actually a failure of the digital information that's been given to the insured. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to make it so that it's very easy for somebody to consume that information. When they need to make a payment, make a payment. When they need to get paid, they get paid wherever they want to get paid, into their bank account, into a Venmo account. Mm -hmm. And that whole interaction is very seamless and easy or effortless or what we call frictionless. And so mm -hmm. wildly successful, we will be the leading provider of payments to all insurance companies in the world. And it will be done in a way that makes insurance really super happy. Yeah, I can tell you're a founder and you still have that founder spirit in you because the first thing you said was, what would make our customers successful, wildly successful? Because our success is very closely tied to that of the success of our customer and that to me is a, a, the most like beautiful statement that we should celebrate that there are companies that insurance technologies are out there that say yeah i'm gonna make a little bit of money doing what i'm gonna do but I, i'm doing it because i care to see this get better and the system is not perfect as it is even if it is perfect it's changing it's dynamic it's it's i gotta keep up with the the pace of change um, and so that's really inspiring to me. That's sort of the best possible answer. Is what does it look like success for customer first? Yeah. Let's put them in. All problems for customers, yeah. Yeah, that's a great, I just appreciate it. I appreciate oh, it. As a fellow founder, it's a brilliant answer. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast tonight. Again, Chris Ewing, the president, CEO, and co-founder of One Inc., doing some really interesting stuff around payments processing, both inbound and outbound, and making sure that the consolidated technology provides efficiencies for insurance carriers in ways that uh, potentially new startups or competitors seemingly haven't caught on to the brilliance of uh, an excellent founder like Chris Ewing. So thank you again for joining us on tonight's podcast. 
Thank you, Karen. Yeah, excellent. So this has been Carrie Ann Nadeau, founder and CEO of ODN, joining you again for Profiles and Rest. See you next time.